Hey friends, welcome to the His Beloved of Texas podcast. I'm Megan, and my friend Kendra and I are part of a ministry called His Beloved of Texas. We put on retreats and events for women in the city of Austin to bring them to Jesus and let them experience Him and His love. And we live across the street from each other. Between the two of us, we have 10 kids, and we get to do life together. It's super fun, and we want to invite you in as part of our life. Scripture tells us that hope does not disappoint, and we want to bring you stories of how the Lord has worked in women's lives, men's lives, so that you can know that God is moving and working in your life too. We want to bring you hope. Hey guys, welcome back to the His Beloved of Texas podcast. I'm Megan, and we have a fun show for you today. Usually on this podcast, we invite guests and we hear about their lives and their stories and how God's worked in their life. But today we're going to do something a little different. We're going to have just Kendra and I, and we have a lot of fun. We talk about Advent and preparing our hearts for Jesus. And just a disclaimer, we have a conversation about some special holiday traditions that you may not want your kids to hear. Wink, wink. So if you have some kids around, you might want to save this for later. All right, guys, I hope you enjoy. Hey, Kendra. Hello, Megan. This feels so funny because we tried to record all of this yesterday. (laughs) Yes, we did. And here we are again. (laughs) I think that means we're real podcasters. Yes. If we have to record the same episode twice. Yes. According to you, my dear friend, Podcast Junkie, (laughs) we are not the only ones that this happened to, right? Yeah. This week, I've heard multiple podcasters who said they had terrible technical difficulties. So yesterday, you guys, we recorded 16 minutes. When I forgot to plug in the microphone. Good times. It still recorded our voices, but it didn't sound good. So we decided to spare you those 16 minutes and start over. And then we plugged it back in and had our microphones and it completely shut off. Yeah. So how how long were we talking, you think? That was like another 20. Yeah. And And it was good. It was so good. It was so good, but... Maybe that's just our level of good. And God has this great plan. I think so. God's level of good I think happening, so because it was good, but in the last 24 hours, God has done so much in my heart, and I think he, yeah. he needed me to wait. Mm, yeah. He needed us to wait 24 hours. So today is the day we typically release a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> and we're recording today. Yeah. So, so you might see it today. You might see it tomorrow. We'll see. That's true. That's true. It depends on how much editing we need, but we trust God that, you know, we're faithful. He's just going to let us run through this and, you know... And we're just going to let the Holy Spirit do it. Yeah, do it. we don't have much editing to do. Right, it's going to be Wouldn't perfect. Be yeah. It'll be so great. And we know that whenever technical difficulties get in our way, that means we're on the right track and we're yes. doing what we're supposed to be doing. So yes. here we go. All right, so today we want to talk about Advent. Now we realize that it's not, um, we're not trying to rush Christmas. We're not trying to make it come faster than it should. But we want to have some time to prepare before Advent starts. Yeah, it's like, Preparing the way to prepare the way. (laughs) (laughs) We're just super prepared, (laughs) y'all. Not really. (laughs) No, not really. Not really. But how often does it sneak up on us? Always. Every year. Every year. Every year. It's usually the Sunday, not always, usually the Sunday after Thanksgiving. And I'm like traveling home from family. You know, the last thing we're thinking about is Advent. So we wanted to give you guys a couple of weeks to lean into the Lord, to pray, to think about it, and to be prepared before Advent comes. Yeah. Yeah. So what does Advent look like for you in your home? Well, okay. 
y'all don't get mad at me, but sometimes I'm a little bit of an overachiever when it comes to Advent, or at least I have really big ideas. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they, they don't always play. <laughs> Is that the story of my life, Kendra? Yes. <laughs> but in know, my head, it sounds real good. In real no, life, not always. <laughs> you're an activator, Megan. That's why I love having you in my life, because... <laughs> You say, I want to do this, and you do it. So I don't know what world you're living yeah. in, but you dream big and you go big, and it's I really fun to watch. I dream big, and I go big for about two Talk weeks. Talk about the Honduras, Honduras fundraiser, oh, and you guys, this is huge. This is a you know, dream big, go big kids, moment right here. Um, my sweet kids have a love for Honduras, and uh, we our family's visited there, and we have an orphanage that... Um, is filled with kids that we just adore. And we get to talk to them through Skype, and we've gotten to be a big part of their lives for probably six or seven years now. And they got hit by a hurricane, and the entire city of San Pedro Sula is underwater mm. to, like, six feet tall. Oh, my gosh. And, um, and their houses are already just made out of wood and scrap metal and whatever they can find. No yeah. sturdy construction whatsoever. And uh, so my kids saw that, and they decided they wanted to do a fundraiser, and uh, we put out that we they would make homemade ornaments for uh, whoever would donate, and we got a company to match, and we've already raised $1,420 in the last See? three days. <laughs> you dream it, you do it. It's beautiful, and your kids are like that, too. It's so fun. It's, it's fun. so fun to watch. Anyways, okay, and the back ornaments to are really cute. I walked in the house today and saw that. I was like, yeah, ooh. They're fun. They're really cute. Yeah, my kids, yeah. My kids get a lot of, have a lot so of fun. So Megan's going to put in the show notes how to donate. Oh, right? yeah. If you want to yeah. donate, we would. I'm oh just kind of showing this absolutely. out there. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we would absolutely love How cool it. would that but be? These, there's just a special place in Honduras. Yeah. Like, and, and they don't have the infrastructure that we have, and they don't have the people serving that we have here. Yeah. And if it happened in America, it would be a totally different story. Yeah. But down there, they just don't. And, and really, on a normal basis, every single year when the rainy season comes, their houses get washed away. So this is not new to them. This Man. is what they live with every year and they rebuild and the ministry that we work with is actually helping to build stronger homes for them so they don't have to rebuild every year but obviously yeah it's a slow process and they haven't hit everyone in Honduras Mm -hmm. (laughs) it takes a while anyways okay Advent so Advent all right so let's talk about Advent for a minute so I have um, a funny little story you know Every year during Christmas, it feels so commercialized, right? Like Mm -hmm. everything is so big and, you know, more and more and more gifts, gifts, gifts. And this year it seems even grander. I went to Hobby Lobby the other day and I texted Kendra. I have never seen so much Christmas decorations in my entire life. The entire store, every single shelf, all the way to the ceiling was covered in Christmas decorations. Like the whole store, not just the Christmas part. So I think they're like really going to go big this year. Well, they totally did not do anything for Halloween. They put it I, all into Christmas. Yeah, they did. They're like, we don't know if Halloween, because I asked them, because I went there looking for little treat bags for yeah. Halloween. And they said they just didn't buy anything to sell. You know, they didn't put anything on the shelves for Halloween because they didn't know if it was going to happen. And I think, I love that the emphasis is on Christmas though, you know, yeah. like that sends such a beautiful message. Um, but it's it's just a season of hope and people need that. And they it's just it. so sweet and so beautiful. And the decorations, like I'm, I, re- I was really excited when you said that it's full because oh, I, I just want to go peruse. I know? was thinking if they sell all of these, it's going to be a miracle. It's going to take a whole bunch of people okay. shopping at Hobby Lobby to buy all that. Nobody else go right after Christmas. Only let me go right after Christmas when the sales are big and I'll lot, just go buy it all out. A lot of after Christmas sales. There Anyways, but some years I get overwhelmed by the commercialism of it all and gifts. And there's been some years where I've been grumpy when it mm. comes to Advent and Christmas and angry and angry with the way that this beautiful celebration of our Lord gets twisted into um, just 
money, money, gifts, gifts, gifts. And yeah. especially when I think about Honduras and people that are hurting, I'm like, I don't want to spend all this money. Anyways, that's my soapbox. So for years, I almost was like miserable about it. And my daughters were in kindergarten and first grade and all over, everybody had these new elf on the shelves. Like, and you know, the whole thing about the elf on the shelf is that Santa sends it to the kids. Yeah. And and my daughter is like, why does everybody else have an elf? And I don't have an elf. Does Santa not love me? Why wouldn't he send me an elf? <laughs> and her teacher had an elf that year. And her teacher was like, not the nicest teacher on the planet. Mm-hmm. That's an understatement. Mm-hmm. And she used this elf to completely control and coerce the kids. <laughs> In the classroom? In the classroom. Oh, my gosh. And That's so, wrong. Yeah, Ella had a little bit of fear of the elf, too. <laughs> but she still wanted one. Like she still thought that this was what yeah. we needed. And I just could not wrap my brain around having an elf in our house that would control my kids, um, track their behavior. That just wasn't who I wanted to be. And I kept trying to do all these things during Advent to help like really, really get them, you know, in the spirit of mm-hmm. loving the Lord. And since that was like my one time of year to teach them about things I felt like where I could really focus and they would listen and it was fun. And so this year she comes home and she really wants this elf and I have to give in because I have no more excuses yeah. as to why the elf is not coming to our house. But I decided if we're going to have an elf in our house, it's not going to be like everybody else's because you know what? My kids have no idea what the elf's doing in other people's houses. Yeah. All they know is what's happening in my house. They don't see all the funny uh, Facebook posts. No. That, you know, <laughs> the elf making mischief. They have no idea <laughs> what's no going idea. on. And I'm going to use this to my advantage. So I um, I told my kids, I threw away that book that came with it. We're not reading that book. And I told my kids that um, he is, she is Santa's helper. Mm-hmm. And that her job is to tell everyone about Jesus. That's what she does. She spreads the love of Jesus to everybody she can. And it made sense because I had explained to them that, you know, St. Nicholas loved Jesus and he was, you know, a saint and a servant of God and, and, um, and this is his little buddy and she's going to, she's going to help out. Right. Side note, one year I was teaching second grade Uh and I, (laughs) this is like my worst Christmas fail ever. I um, was talking to this little girl in my public school class, but she was Catholic, and I was really good friends with her mom. Actually, I got to be her confirmation sponsor last year, which is super fun. I wonder if she'll hear this podcast. And um, I was talking to her, and she was in second grade, and we were talking about saints. And she said, well, how does someone become a saint? Uh And I said, well, you know, after they die, they go through this canonization process. And she looks at me, and she goes, Santa's not dead, and he's a saint. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) And she was like, what? (laughs) How did you recover? Because she knew St. Nicholas, right? And her brother was named Nicholas, and she was, like, all into St. Nicholas. And I said, go sit down. (laughs) Go back to your desk. (laughs) I don't have an answer for you right now, kid. (laughs) So if she listens, you know who you are. (laughs) I want to follow up to that. Did it forever crush your heart? I I, I don't know. You just need to go sit down. Anyways. And I know different parents tell their kids different things in terms of St. Nicholas and Santa. Right. Whatever you tell your kids, go for it. Yeah. You know? But what we told our kids was that St. Nicholas um, loved Jesus and that he wanted the world yeah. to know about Jesus too. And that's why he gives gifts. And, yeah. and so, um, but that's what our elf did is for the next, you know, 30 days or however many, every day we would have him do something that taught about Jesus. So he would bring the Jesse tree ornaments or the, um, you know, one year we did the names of Jesus and and in one year, this one was really funny. I could not for the life of me get Eli to learn how to write or mm-hmm. to want to write. Like, I think he could do it. He yeah. just could care less yeah. about writing. And so we made him um, write letters to the elf every day <laughs> last year, <laughs> every single day. And at this point, my oldest girls were already to the point where they knew they yeah. were in. 
And in my family, once you're in and you get to be part of the, the magic, yeah. maybe that means you get to take over the magic because, I love that. Yeah. because I'm done. And, um, and so they wrote him letters every single day and he was so excited that and he couldn't so wait to, to write back. And one year she taught him about the saints and, and then if there's, you know, anything that she sees them doing well, loving yeah. others, serving, anytime they would do some sort of nonprofit yeah. work, she would always make a big deal about it. And it's just, it's been a fun way to take something that was really commercialized and, mm-hmm. and really something I despised and turn it into a lot of fun for our family and yeah. goodness. Yeah. So I'm not saying you all have to have an elf by any means because yeah. it's a lot of work. I have avoided <laughs> it like the plague. Yeah. Yeah, we um, usually, because I'm not good at keeping up with stuff like that, yeah. you know? And we usually call it that dang elf because we're always <laughs> like, we got to move that dang elf again. <laughs> but last year, my blessed little Ella who wakes up at 5 a.m., she uh-huh. remembered to move that dang oh, elf. Good, good. <laughs> she was so much better than I was. <laughs> oh, the elf, it, she um, really stepped up her game last year. Good job. Good job, elf. You <laughs> Some know days who you it are. gets a little, a little, uh, little bad. But, uh, <laughs> but anyways, and, and I'm not saying you guys have to do things like this, yeah. but it's just, it's been a lot of fun. And for us, Advent has been a time where we can really just try to lean into the Lord. Yeah. And, and whatever that looks like for yeah. you for your family. What do you guys do, Kendra? Um, Just a lot of little things. Um, We have a song that we sing. (laughs) I love your song. (laughs) It's really fun. The kids really get into it. Um, So we have our Advent wreath on the, on the table, but ours is not a wreath. It's a rectangular thing of concrete. It's really (laughs) cute. And it holds all my candles. The first time I bought candles, I went and got scented candles. Oh, it was disgusting. They make your food smell? No, but it made the whole table area just make me want to vomit because it was so strong, especially uh, whenever you got to where you lit like more than one. Eat. It was horrible. But um, I always forget of, to buy candles. Speaking of too. Hobby Lobby, so the we do like really fat, tall ones. Hobby uh, Lobby has them. They're mm-hmm. really great candles. Um, sometimes they last multiple Advents, you know, like yeah. the fourth Sunday one. It's like, oh, that becomes the first Sunday for the next year. <laughs> um, but we sing a song, and it goes... Advent is a time to wait, not quite time to celebrate. Light the candles one by one till the Advent time is done. Christmas Day will soon be here. Time for joy and time for cheer. (laughs) (laughs) And the kids get into it. It's really fun. So we do that, and then we have a Jesse tree. But I tell you, I have yet to have an Advent where I read scripture the scripture for the Jesse tree really? every single day. Oh, yeah. I've never made it all the way to the end. It's hard. It, it's so <laughs> it hard. It's so hard. And, and then it's hard to really keep going during Christmas too because you're, yeah. a lot of times you're tired from Advent. It totally is. Yeah. Um, but one of my favorite things to do, and it's super simple, is that we don't decorate the Christmas tree fully mm-hmm. until right before Christmas. So we put the Christmas tree up and we put lights up. Um, and we still turn them on because I love a lit tree. It's so hard for me to turn, take down the lit tree. It just adds so much, you know, character to my home. (laughs) Um, but we have ribbons, um, you know, for each Sunday we put this big, thick curly ribbon that spirals down the tree for each Sunday. And then, you know, one purple and then one purple, then one pink, then one purple. And it's just a such, it's such a good visual in your face, Mm -hmm. um, for all of us of the anticipation like that. That's what's so fun for me is the anticipation of what's coming and any way I can build it up for my kids. Like it's coming, it's coming. And for me, it's just, it's just super exciting. And then it allows, um, for me at least, um, it allows me a little more stamina, I guess you can say, mm-hmm. to leave the tree up longer 
after, yeah. you know, throughout the whole Christmas season. Cause mm-hmm. you know, the temptation is there just to like, Hey, pack it up. Let's yeah. January's here. Let's move on. Um, but just to really dive into the full Christmas mm-hmm. season. So, um, you know what else I love about your decorations is your front yard decor. Oh. So I love it because she does Christmas lights on the house, just white ones. And then her only front yard decoration is a really kind of old, rugged looking made out of like tree, yeah. um, manger. And, and it's empty. Mm-hmm. And then there's one hanging star over it, like this like ball star. And it just is like this reminder of something's coming. Waiting. We're waiting. Yeah. We're waiting for this beautiful person to come You know what, Megan? It, it really blesses me to hear you say that because I'm like, this is such, these are ghetto decorations, no, guys. No, I think it's cute. It's simple. It's not <laughs> it ghetto. so simple. <laughs> so simple. But thank you. No, I just I, think it's so sweet because yeah. it's like, it, it's just a good reminder of, the stable's still empty. Yeah. They haven't made it there yet. Yeah. And they're coming and they're yeah. going to get there. And but likewise with you guys. So y'all have this beautiful outdoor nativity scene. Mm-hmm. And I think it's so neat just having this. We live right across the street from each other, you know, just to have, you just drive by and like, oh, yeah, it's coming. Well, we have the ones that are from Hobby Lobby. Man, uh-huh. this is like a Hobby Lobby ad. You're welcome, Hobby Lobby. <laughs> when did this happen? And they're ceramic and they're about, I don't know, two and a half, three feet tall. And did so they, someone steal your Jesus one someone time? Someone stole my Jesus Not one year. Cool. It was heartbreaking. <laughs> like I so almost sad. couldn't handle it. It was the first year we got it too. Oh, and it was expensive so and I yeah. was sad. And, but what I love about our nativity scene is the kids look eye to eye with Mary and Jesus and Joseph. Uh-huh. And so they come up and hug him. And like Bo, little two-year-old Bo last year kept coming up and hugging Mary. And I was like, he's going to break my Mary. <laughs> Every year I think, is Mary going to survive? Yeah. I don't know if she's going to yeah. survive. So but I love the way the kids look at her. Yeah. I love the way they just like, they just want to be inside yeah. the, the little stable that we have and they want to be near her and they want to hug her and then they always want to hold Jesus once he's there on Christmas morning because he's like you can pick him up and and carry him and I'm like this is going to be the year that we don't have a Jesus anymore yeah (laughs) yeah not going to survive these sweet little kiddos that's so sweet but it's really fun I mean Advent is such a sweet blessed time and um you know the Lord is the the way he just created everything if you look it's very um rhythmic mm-hmm. you know in the calendar the calendar the the seasons it's so rhythmic and repetitive um and, and I, I was thinking about this yesterday so it's kind of good that we didn't you know <laughs> this is after we attempted yesterday um but my kids function better on a routine on mm-hmm. a schedule and I think um us as human beings just in general for me at least I can speak for myself whenever things are crazy and I don't have rhythm I feel scattered and I don't feel anchored. And I think there's something to this, to the liturgical calendar. Um, and so far as the, the, the church has blesses us with an anchor of Mm -hmm. the calendar. And this is a time, you know, this is when, um, the year begins anew, you know? Um, and we have this every, every year we have this moment just to quietly reflect and amidst the to do's amidst everything that we're going to have going on, because we can't escape a lot of it. Um, it's a time just to reflect and enter into inner peace and inner quiet, inner stillness, wherever you can. Um, and I love it. It's just, it, it's the Lord's way of knowing us so intimately and deeply that, yeah. that and I he has that us on so much <laughs> Because I'm, like I said earlier, I have real big ideas for a short amount of time. And then mm-hmm. I fizzle out. And then I forget what I was doing and then I move on to something else. And I can be kind of flighty in that way. Mm-hmm. And the rhythm of the liturgical calendar gives me an opportunity to dig in deep yeah. for a short amount of time. 
and then forget about things. Yeah. <laughs> and then dig in deep. <laughs> and so between Easter and Christmas, we have, or Advent, we have this huge yeah. amount of ordinary time. And that's hard for me sometimes. It's hard yeah. for me to really cling to the Lord and have a daily prayer life and read scripture every day and mm-hmm. journal, which I love doing all those things, but it's like, I forget or life yeah. gets busy. And so Advent is a time where I can do that again, you yeah. know, and then Lent comes later on. And in Lent, I really feel like I can do things, you yeah. know? Yeah. Just an anchor. So Megan, earlier you were talking about how um, you had the elf on the shelf. Uh, what's her name? Mi- Gracie. Gracie. I was almost said Misty. Why would it be Misty? <laughs> I don't know. Um, but Gracie, teach about the names of Jesus. And that's something that's very, um, you know, deep to your heart or yeah, you know, that you so love doing. There's been a few years where we've done the names of Jesus during Advent. Uh-huh. And, um, and that's not like a typical Catholic tradition, I wouldn't say, as far as Advent. Because a lot of times our readings are more about like the second coming and yeah. things like that. But for me and for my kids, and I've also done this with teenagers, I love to think about who Jesus is during Advent mm. because we're waiting for him, right? Yeah. And we get to know him. We get to draw near him while we're waiting. And it's beautiful. So there's all these amazing names of Jesus. You know, he's like, yeah. he's the lion and he's the lamb and he's the divine healer and yeah. all these facets of his personality. It's so deep. Yeah. It's not just, he's not just one-sided. Yeah. You know, he can be so much. Yeah. So we thought today we could share with you a couple of our favorite names of Jesus. Yeah. And um, I have to tell you, <laughs> sometimes, you know, I, I love to be as honest and vulnerable as I can with you guys because I never want you to think that um, that life is easier for someone else than it is for you. Mm. never want you to think that... Um, y'all are the only ones struggling and that everyone else has it put together because Kendra and I definitely don't. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of um, hard things for us over here too. And for me personally right now is a really hard time. Yeah. I already shared with you guys the story of... Tessa's with us on Yeah. It's... You might hear a little Tessa in it's this okay. one. Sorry. It's okay. <laughs> um, she woke up. Uh, I already shared with you guys a story of our panda's journey, and I thought that was the hardest thing that our family would ever go through, and it turns out I was wrong, (laughs) Um, because now we're in the middle of another really hard illness um, for my husband, and it's very similar to pandas in the sense that no one knows how to treat it. Um, It affects his personality and the way our family interacts, and it's really hard. And, And it's an illness. I mean, it's medical diagnosis. It's just not one that we're used to treating. So, um, so it's been really hard. So the name of Jesus that I have seen most obvious in my life right now is comforter. So for me, he's been such a comfort, um, lately. And it's, it's funny. He's a comfort when I reach out to him. If Mm -hmm. I don't, then I don't, um, get to experience that. But when I'm able to really be open and honest and surrender my heart to him, then I just get this comfort. And and I always picture, like, myself on a bathroom floor. <laughs> That's where I feel the most comfort because, like, my rock bottom kind of, I don't mm-hmm. know where else to turn um, type of prayer. Because, you know, with pandas and with this new diagnosis, it's um, no one can really understand what we're going through, right? Yeah. There's no one who's experienced it like we have. Um, even people who have it, it's it's just really hard to explain and it's really hard to share with people that I love. Um, but Jesus knows. Yeah. He knows in a way that no one else can. And so when I can be really open and not hide things from him, 
and surrender my heart, then, yeah. um, then the comfort flows. And when we recorded our last podcast with Elise, you know, she makes this beautiful um, burlap art where she takes burlap and puts an image of um, a holy image on top of it. And I've always loved it. I've never actually had a piece of it. And at the end, she had her little bag and she said, Kendra and Megan, I have a, a gift for you. And I haven't even told Elise this story. I hope you hear it on the podcast. Um, uh, she said, I, I have a gift for you. And uh, she said, I was about to walk out the door. And I had one for you, Megan, in my bag. And then all of a sudden, I don't know why, but I felt the Lord told me to stop. And I took out the one that I have. And I grabbed a picture off my shelf that's been in my house. <laughs> and I put it in the bag. And and she, and she had no idea what was going on with our family. And... Um, she said, I don't know why I'm supposed to give this to you, but I am. And I'm supposed to tell you the word surrender. Mm. And it was a picture of um, the cross with Mary at the foot of the cross, which has long been a an image for me of like standing at the foot of the cross with Mary mm-hmm. and having Mary just kind of keep me moving forward and holding me up when things got really hard. Um, but really it's, it's the comfort of Jesus that, that I so desperately need. And so that word surrender has been like rolling around in my head, you know, since last week. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a big part of it is in order for us to receive that comfort, we have to be able to give it up. Yeah. Definitely. We have to be able to give up that control and surrender. And it's funny because, you know, you guys have all heard my talk and, and this is something that I preach on all the time uh-huh. <laughs> and then I forget, right? Because <laughs> yeah. Because I'm human. And um, so I actually sat and listened to that podcast the other day and listened to my own words to remind myself. Good. Because <laughs> sometimes we got to remind ourselves yeah. of his goodness and of what he's trying to do. And what I love is that his comfort is so um, specific mm-hmm. to what we need at that moment. It's yeah. so intimate. Yeah. You know? And he understands in a way that no one else will. Yeah. And um, there's, oh, this is another part of the, the way he's comforted me lately. It's so great. So Tessa is hysterical. She has this thing for music and only certain oh. songs. Um, her first song that she fell in love with was Helpless from Hamilton. <laughs> I wonder why. And I've probably heard it a lot. Well, little Hamilton the, obsessed in, in our house. <laughs> <laughs> but um, so if she was like screaming her head off in the car, the girls would turn on Hamilton or sing it to her. And all of a sudden she would stop and she'd smile and look around. It was super fun. So then when I was having a really hard time a couple of weeks ago, um, I heard the song by Stephanie Gretzinger. No one ever cared for me like Jesus. Mm. And just that title struck me because, yeah, no one's cared for me like Jesus has. Like, no one has been able to love me in the way that he has. And so I started listening to it when I was putting her to bed, and I would just cry my eyes out and listen to the song while I'm rocking her. And it's become her song. And now I can't put her to bed without listening to it. And it's also kind of become the anthem for our family, like, that we all know that we were not made to handle this on our own yeah. and that this is a huge, a huge weight that our family is facing, but no one's going to be able to care for us like Jesus will. Yeah. And, and, it, and it also takes the pressure off of, um, the fact that we can't be that for one another. So we can't expect that from each other. Mm-hmm. You know, I've learned that in my marriage and Chris has too, you know, it goes both ways. Um, but he's never going to be everything for no, me. And he shouldn't. And he shouldn't. Yeah. That's too heavy of a weight. Yeah. Um, to carry. So, yeah. yeah. So I'm trying to be a little bit more open and honest with you guys um, and with the people around me too, because when my kids were sick, I didn't do that. So mm-hmm. I'm trying that too. And mm-hmm. and God's used the people around me to comfort me a lot too, which yeah. has been really sweet to see 
friends and neighbors and friends from school and people I don't even know at school reaching out and praying for us. I really appreciate it. And bringing meals. And it's beautiful because, you know, it is hard to ask for help. It is so hard to ask for help. But how are we to become saints if we aren't given opportunities to love Mm. on other people? And especially if we don't know. So so you did me and and everyone else that has helped you. A great service and, and offered us a great gift of opening a door so that we can step in and serve and love and just be there with you. Thanks. So so if I can segue from that, from um, him being the great comforter, I think it kind of segues into one that has been speaking to my heart a lot. And that's just how, how Jesus is the good shepherd. Mm. He's so, so good. He's not just a shepherd. He is the good shepherd. Mm. And... Yeah, definitely. And just this past week with the election, I'm sure all of you guys are are feeling it too. Um, not not even the results of the election, just the fact that there's uncertainty and cruelty and just on both sides. It's just been That's ugly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just been ugly, and it's really gotten me down. Um, the fact that you know integrity is in question of the very mm-hmm. foundation of our country mm-hmm. and how we elect our leaders. And, um, so, so I, I was kind of slipping into a place of despair and, you know, my mind would just spiral into like different scenarios that could come up, you know, which is so much unrest. And I feel like, you know, it's just this, um, like we, things finally, finally kind of settled down with, with some of the protests and it's just like, super close to exploding again, you know, and, and I just, I just hate that there's so much division. It just breaks my heart. It absolutely breaks my heart. Um, and my coworker, um, coach, we'll call him coach. (laughs) Uh, he was driving to work the other day and he just felt it on his heart to pray for Chris and I, and, he, he tells me in the hallway this while we're waiting for our athletes to change out to go outside for PE class. And he says, you know, I don't know if this means anything to you, but um, I just felt it on my heart to pray for you and Chris. And I felt the Lord tell me to tell you I am in this. Mm, and I my jaw that. dropped. Like, that's exactly what I needed to hear. You know, when I go spiraling off into these scenarios that are nowhere near even happening, but could mm-hmm. possibly happen, whatever. Um, whatever happens good, bad, whatever happens, he is in this, he is in it. Mm-hmm. And it just reminded me, um, that he's no, he knows my voice and I know his, and I know that was him because that was so direct speaking so directly to my heart, mm-hmm. even though it came through a friend of mine, you know, yeah. um, which I, I admire him and am so grateful that he's open to Holy Spirit in that way. I love those, those statements that start out with, I have no idea what this is going to mean to you, but. I know. Like, I want to be that kind of person that tells that yes, to people. Yes, I know. Remember my story about the veil, the woman? Yeah. She, she said this, I knew this wasn't for me, and here's your veil. Um, well, after she, after she gave me that veil, she said, I'm just God's little mule down here working for him. And <laughs> that's so cute. I was like, I want to be a mule. <laughs> I'll be a mule for you, Jesus. Um, but you know, just diving into who he is as our good shepherd, you know, shepherds would, multiple shepherds would put multiple flocks together in one pen overnight so they can rest. And, um, and you know, one shepherd would be on guard. And then when it was time for them to go and 
take them out to the pasture, they would call and their flock would come. They wouldn't get mixed up. They wouldn't say, oh, I think that's my shepherd over there. Oh, no, this is mine. (laughs) Uh, I don't know where those voices came from. Uh, (laughs) That's what sheep sound like. But but they know their shepherd's voice and the shepherd knows theirs. And that's just so intimate and so, and he's good. I love that. I just, I want to know the shepherd's voice. It makes me think of like since we're going into Advent and Christmas, it makes yeah. me think of Elf because we're super Elf obsessed. Oh my gosh! Yes. yes, those are our two things: Hamilton and Elf. Us too. Like Santa, I know, <laughs> I him. know him. I know him. Like, I know. I want us to know Jesus in a way that's like Jesus. Yes, mine. I know yes. him. He's my friend. We, yes. I know him. I know him. Like that's, I know him. That's my whole goal as a mom yeah. is to be able to have kids that yeah. that know him. Yeah, that's and what I my priority for my kids too is just that they know his calling on their heart, you know, at, at every waking moment of their life. And sometimes it might not be so blatant, but whenever it is a moment, whenever he calls them forth into whatever it may be, um, they just know it and they go, they go, they go step out in faith. Yes. Yeah. That's so good. Yeah. Yeah. I love the image of the shepherd too, because sheep are not the smartest animals in the world. Uh And, Whenever I teach this to kids, I always say, they're kind of dumb. And the kids are like, you said a bad word. <laughs> but they are kind of dumb. Um, they, they can't care for themselves at all. That's they so crazy. I know. It's, it's such a great analogy for us as humans because they can't feed themselves. They can't find their own water. They only follow the person in front of them. Well, sheep. Yeah. <laughs> follow sheep in front of them. And, and so they need a shepherd to mm-hmm. require them to, um, to eat, to sleep, to do all these things. They won't lie down and rest unless they feel safe. They need a shepherd to, to fight off all the evil yeah. around them and yeah. the, the scary things. And, and we need that too. We need God mm-hmm. to say, like, now it's time for you to rest. Yeah. And we also need to depend on him in a way that says, everything good comes from you. Everything that I have that is good, I have because of you. Mm-hmm. And the things that in my life that are not good, you can turn evil. You can take what was meant for evil and turn it to good. And so mm-hmm. I can trust in you. I know that you will defend me, that you will protect me, that you will be there. Yeah. Even when it feels like everything else is true, like the yeah. complete opposite, you know, that none of that could possibly be true for your life. Like, yeah, he cares that much. Yeah. He has uh, that desire to love you that way. Yeah. Um, a few nights ago when we were praying about, about this, um, I just happened to be, I'm going through the book of John right now. And I just happened to be on John chapter 10, where it talks about Jesus being the good shepherd. Mm-hmm. And one of the scripture pieces of it, um, that really stood out to me is, is this one is verse 27. It says, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me and I give them eternal life and they shall never perish and no one shall snatch them out of my hand. Mm. And I just love that so much because it also pairs with um, my other name of Jesus that I wanted to, um, I felt called to speak into if you don't mind me going two in a row. (laughs) Um, Like that's the line of Judah right there, Mm. that no one will snatch them out of my hand. He will defend you and he will also barge in and save you. Mm. Um, I have some good friends. I love that. They're going through, um, really difficult time in their marriage. And it was, it was going on, I think year number two. Um, and Chris and I were just storming heaven for them. And I just got this imagery of, and, and this became my prayer for them was, God, just storm in. Just go. Mm. I know that you love them so deeply. I know that you have great things for them. Just storm in and fight off whatever needs to be fought off so that they can find healing. And Chris and I, um, 
I don't know the timeline between whenever I started praying that prayer um, and when we got this call, but um, we were up in Colorado for Christmas break and we got a call from them and it was, it just, he and I just both cried. We were so grateful. It was this message from them saying, thank you so much for praying for us. Mm-hmm. Like we, we, the Lord is with us and they're, they are like solid now and they have such an incredible story to tell. Um, yeah, but the lion of Judah will storm in and, yeah. and fight for you. When, when you feel like no one else will. Our kids this year started out the school year by uh, all reading different Narnia books. Uh-huh. And my daughter, Ella, just has this beautiful image now of God as Aslan. Mm, and yes. and wanting to be like Lucy and rubbing her face in his mane. Oh, I love that. Uh, don't you just love it? Like, yes. that's her comfort. So the Lion of Judah is tough and fierce, but he's also comforting oh, yeah. and, and kind gentle. and gentle. Mm-hmm. And, and I just love that to be her her icon of who God is now. Mm-hmm. And so it's kind of become our family thing is lions and like having that. this lion defend our family and protect yeah. us. And it's really Yeah. Cool. That's why I was so excited. So I work for the school that our kids go to and it was like this big secret what our mascot was. And I was so excited because this was right when Ella was having this oh, moment of coming to yes. know Aslan Falling and God and making this connection. And, um, and I was like, Megan, I know the mascot. I want to tell you so bad. And it's a lion. Our mascot oh. is a lion. I just thought that was such so a sweet to gift. Constantly um, have the lion of Judah looking over us yeah. in our school all the time. I love yeah. it so much. Yeah. So it's awesome. another, um, Name so Jesus, my, I had a hard time coming up with another one, which is so funny because I love the names of Jesus, but yeah. I just was really trying to be prayerful and see where God wanted me to go with it. And what came up was King mm. and like King of Kings, King of my heart, King of glory. I think that's a song. I think I just, yeah. <laughs> I think I just said the lyrics. Yeah. Heart. Stephanie Gretzinger. Yeah. <laughs> this is also a Stephanie Gretzinger Bell, podcast. Bell, Bell. <laughs> um, so, but I love all those images of him being the King and yesterday I was praying after we tried to, to uh, record the first podcast and I was having just like a moment of pouring my heart out to the Lord mm-hmm. and I heard him say, I am sovereign. And I was like, sovereign, like mm-hmm. that he's in control. He's not just a king in the sense that, you know, it, this is his kingdom. He yeah. is sovereign over all that is here. And, um, then I went to a prayer group yesterday with some moms from school and every week we have a different attribute of Jesus that we pray into and it was sovereign Mm. that God is sovereign. And so I got to pray about his sovereignty yesterday and I just felt like this, like this reminder that he's in control of all of this. Um, but I think the King image is so good too for Advent because the Israelites were waiting for hundreds, thousands of years for this king to come. Mm-hmm. And they were ready. They were mm-hmm. ready for a king to come and overthrow the government and release them and give them freedom, like freedom for the captives. Yeah. And they expected a king to come in glory on yeah. his gold horse. Maybe not gold. Like on the live horse. action Aladdin with the, the yes. parade. And- <laughs> Prince Ali, that was, that, that's what they thought was coming. This horse with gold and beauty. And, and, and they didn't. They got a baby. Yeah. yeah. And this king came in such a gentle and meek and mild way. And this weekend we went to a um, family retreat. It was gorgeous. We were out in the woods so good. Uh, with other families, socially distant. And uh, Paul J. Kim, who is our good friend, was a speaker. And he was so cute. He was like, I never talked to, you know, a whole group of kids and adults and everything in between. I don't know what I'm going to say. Yeah. And he just, of course, knocked it out of the park. But he was talking about how um, how Jesus came as a baby. Mm-hmm. And he said two things. He said, one, he came as a baby because no one's scared of a baby. Mm. Imagine if a king had come in with his, like, 
yeah. gold and a sword and everything, how people might have reacted. They might have been scared of him. They might not have come to him. Right. But he said, everyone loves a baby, and they draw near to him, and, to every baby, right? Like, I walk through yeah. crowds with Tessa, and all eyes are on her, and um, and so I see that. And I've always, like, enjoyed the image of Jesus as a baby. Mm-hmm. People make fun of me because they think I'm talking about, like, Talladegnites, like, <laughs> little little baby Jesus. <laughs> Pray for me, little baby Jesus. I'm like, no, I like the no. Jesus image yeah. as a baby. I think it's sweet. Yeah. Anyways. Um, but the other thing he said is, you know, he was born in a stable with, you know, animals and in a manger. And and the reason he was born in a manger where there was probably like, you know, dirt and food and all of that is because Jesus is not afraid of your crap. <laughs> we were like, okay then. Thank you very much. Well, all right. He is not afraid of your crap. He yep. can handle it. He wants to hear it. He wants to know it. He wants to help you walk through it. Yeah. So tell him your crap today, friends. There you go. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, one thing about him being, you know, king of kings and being sovereign is that for us as human beings, the only, you know, examples we have of kings are earthly kings, human yeah. kings. And they're um, flawed. Flawed, so flawed. And so, you know, we might see them as controlling or, you know, greedy or doing things just for the good of themselves and mm-hmm. um, and that sort of thing, especially as we read back in history. Um, but that is not who the no. king of kings is. And so I almost want to challenge our listeners um, to pray into this, this, this king, yeah. our king, this coming this king. sovereign king who does everything out of goodness, mm-hmm. um, for, for the kingdom, but for you specifically, you know, yeah. who is that for you? So, because that's really the whole goal of Advent, right? Is to draw yeah. close to this coming Messiah, this coming mm-hmm. king, because that's what they've been hoping for. It's what yeah. they've been waiting for. Yeah. And, uh, I say this sometimes, but a while back, Kendra made me read a book called um, The Life of Mary According to the oh, Mystics. Yeah. And it's a couple I made different... you. I sat down and well, I put that book in front of your not face. Not really, no, but she told me to. I did it. <laughs> yeah. And I liked it. It's really and, good. Uh, it's a couple of different mystic saints. I can't remember. Yes. Oh, saints. gosh. I don't know. Oh, Agrita. Yeah. Mary Agrita. I don't remember. There's the a But yeah. Anyways, and they're all women who Mary appeared to. Yeah. And the story reads like a narrative. And. It's so sweet and so beautiful. so beautiful. And it gives you, of course, it's not scripture, right? So you have to take everything in private revelation with a grain of salt. Here's my mm-hmm. disclaimer. But <laughs> it's beautiful. And it makes scripture come to life for me. And uh, when you go back and read the stories of before uh, the angel Gabriel came to Mary, mm-hmm. it talks in depth about how Mary and her parents and the parents before them were waiting for this king. Yeah. And they wanted so desperately for the Messiah to come in their lifetime because so many people had come, lived and died and never saw the Messiah. Right. And, and she says, oh, dear Lord, if you would just let him come in my lifetime, like, just let me see him. Just let yeah. me walk past him. Let me kiss the feet of the woman who would carry him. Yeah. She said, let me just be the servant. Let me just be the servant the woman who gets to carry him. Who gets to carry him. Yeah. And then, of course, the angel Gabriel appears to her and asks her to be the one. Yeah. And I just love that image of this patient waiting, mm-hmm. really kind of impatient in some ways too, right? Like just couldn't wait. Mm-hmm. And and they're still waiting. They're still waiting for this Messiah. And we have the Messiah. Like yes. let's live our lives and, like he has come. And he's coming again. Yeah, and he's coming like again. That's, I think that's the part that we, we forget about or just shove aside. Like do we truly believe that he's coming again? And what is our excitement for it? Like, yeah. oh my word. Our yeah. Savior. And we can go visit him any time yes. in adoration. And we get yeah. to experience him at least weekly in Mass, maybe daily in Mass, as yeah. much as we want to go. Like, it, 
I think that's the good part about Advent is to remind us of like mm. the thrill of hope for a weary Ooh, world. Yeah. You know, I, Ooh, yeah. I feel Tag like line. every year, yeah, that should be our title. Hello, I the feel like of hope for a weary world. <laughs> the, every year during Christmas or during Advent, I think, oh, he's coming. Like mm. hope is coming to this weary world. Yeah, and it's gonna happen, and people are gonna notice him for the first time maybe ever. And I get yeah. so excited. Yeah, and then Christmas comes and goes and. and and, and nobody knows, notices. Yes, and it makes me I so know. sad. I know. And, but every year I have this like new, yeah. new hope that it's going to happen. But you know what? 2020 is a weary world. Mm-hmm. There's so much more. We have so, so much more weary. <laughs> Wearier. <laughs> Wearier than before. <laughs> we have a lot of weary. I don't know. <laughs> and I just feel like this is the hope that we need right now yeah. is to, um, to know that yeah. he has already, already won the war. He has already yeah. settled. Like this is, this is our king and, and he can fight for us. Yeah. And if I may add to that, we are also to be the hope to the weary world. Mm-hmm. So we know him. We know who's coming. Yeah. We know his goodness. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. We get to shine people back towards him. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Shine people back know. towards him. <laughs> that makes you think of a cat with a laser. Look at this guy. Come this Jesus is over here. Come on. <laughs> See this guy? We like him a lot. Anyways. Okay. Well, this has been super fun, you guys. And I hope that it gives you a little bit of excitement. Um, towards Advent. Oh, one thing that I don't think we said earlier, and I really want to make sure we make clear is whatever you choose to do this Advent, um, do what works for you. Yes. Do not look right. Do Mm -hmm. not look left. Do not look at the people around you and say, well, she is better at all of this than I am. Do not give in to the spirit of comparison because it is not of God. No, it is not. And also don't look at other people and judge them for the way that they celebrate Advent and Christmas either, because that's not of God either. Right. Let's just keep our eyes fixed on Jesus and listen to him and pray about it. Be discerning. Yes. And enjoy it. Have fun. Don't yeah. be a grumpy, grumpy Catholic. Yeah. <laughs> at, yeah. At, seriously. At That's the last thing we need on this planet. We do not need more grumpy people. <laughs> no more grumpy people. We need to be enjoying and loving. And then also enjoy Christmas too. Yeah. Live it up in those 12 days of Christmas. Yeah. And do fun things with your kids and fun things with, you know, your friends and, and have a good time. Yeah. This has been so fun. All right. Mm. Until next week. Until next week. <laughs> we, right. yeah. Bye guys. Bye. All right, guys, thanks for joining us today. I hope that you will follow us on Instagram and we have a Facebook group too for His Beloved of Texas. Join us. We want to hear from you. Are you enjoying the podcast? Also, you could leave a review and rate us on iTunes. It's really helpful. I hate to be one of those people that begs for comments, but it helps us to get our name out there and for other people to hear about our podcast. And if you enjoyed it, share it with a friend. And we hope to see you next week. All right, have a great week. Bye-bye.